Hey, I'm Tyler with the Sports Stop. You're here to listen to me talk about sports, right? Okay, let's talk. Let's jump right into it. We have the NFL Divisional Round Weekend Games. We are going to be recapping each game, just quickly going through a little bit, you know, kind of looking at each team and the game they played and how they, you know, went overall. Did they go home? Did they advance to the championship game? What happened and what this means for their future. So let's start off with the Saturday games. We'll just go in chronological order. So we'll do Chiefs versus Jaguars. And then obviously the Saturday night game was Giants and Eagles. And then obviously the Sunday games yesterday was Bengals and Bills. And then the night game was Cowboys and 49ers. So let's go back to the Saturday games. We're going to start off with the Jacksonville Jaguars headed up to the Kansas City Chiefs in Kansas City, Missouri. So, the Kansas City Chiefs beat the Jacksonville Jaguars 27-20 to to advance to the AFC Championship for, it seems like, you know, half a decade in a row. Um, the Chiefs have at least been in the championship game. I think they've been in it actually the last four times in a row, um, which is insane to think about because... If you think about that, literally every year that Patrick Mahomes has been a starter, they have been in the championship game, which is crazy to think about. It's crazy. So let's just go through a little bit of this game. So one thing that is somewhat concerning, I know this was trending literally the minute this happened. Patrick Mahomes injured his, he had like an ankle slash knee injury. It was pretty weird. Um, Really, ever since the game happened, it hasn't really been talked about, um, you know, if it was like a, you know, ankle sprain or what. Um, I heard it was a high ankle sprain um, yesterday during the Bengals and Bills game. Tony Romo and the other announcer were talking about how it is an ankle sprain, a high ankle sprain, and it's not a given that Mahomes is going to play. Obviously, Mahomes is definitely going to want to play this game. Um, even when Mahomes first injured it, uh, he was telling uh, head coach Andy Reid and the trainer that I want to play. You could see it on the sideline. He was saying, I wanted to play. And obviously after a couple series, he came back and he played the rest of the game. So Chad Henney did come in. He scored a touchdown with Travis Kelsey and correct Travis Kelsey he had a two-touchdown game. Travis Kelsey was awesome in this game. Um, obviously, Chad Henney scoring a touchdown, you know, really taking a commanding lead in this game without Mahomes. Because obviously Mahomes played, you know, some of the first quarter, and then obviously he got injured. They were up. The Chiefs were actually up um, in this game, and then Mahomes got injured, got taken out. Chad Henney comes in, you know, has a very nice, you know, long touchdown drive. Um, and it really gave Kansas City that boost that they really needed. Um, obviously, we saw Chenny, Chad Henney play, what was it, two or three seasons ago in the playoffs against the Browns and Baker Mayfield. And that game came down to the wire when Mahomes got injured. Um, so, obviously, great game um, this week. Credit to the Jaguars, though. They really looked great in this game. Obviously, they didn't win. They lost by a touchdown, but they're going to be coming. Like I said in the last couple like previous weeks, 
the Jaguars are about one to two years away from being one of those top-notch AFC teams. Because I'm going to talk about soon, some of these other AFC giants right now, they're going to be kind of on the downtick, and the Jaguars are going to be slowly on the uptick for the next two years um, while they still you know, kind of reboot this roster and rebuild. Um, obviously, if we're going to talk about the Chiefs in the future... Um, I think the Chiefs are actually in a really, really good position. I think the Chiefs actually made a very smart decision this year in trading Tyreek Hill and just kind of, you know, I wouldn't say rebooting, but I would say doing a very quick, you know, little reboot where one player on your roster literally just, you know, extended your Super Bowl window, maybe a potential two to maybe three years. So that was a huge win for the Chiefs in trading for Tyree Kill. And I said that. I said that early in the year before the season even started when Tyreek got traded. This extended Kansas City Super Bowl window at least another two to three years just for the fact of instead of paying Tyreek Hill $30 million, you're trading him off for extra picks and they got a haul for Tyreek Hill and... You know, you're going to be able to draft extra players who are going to be on, you know, a four-year rookie contract and then also the first-round pick who's going to have a fifth-year option as well. So this really extended it, but obviously I don't want to go too far into that. So obviously Kansas City won. Um, we kind of expected that. I didn't actually expect it to be such a close game, but with Mahomes getting injured, um, he couldn't really use his legs too much once he came back. So um, that did make it a way closer game, but... Obviously, credit to the Chiefs. They won, pulled it out. Hopefully, Mahomes can get plenty of rest uh, with that ankle. And obviously, the Jaguars, once Calvin really comes back next year, because that is one of the biggest, you know, not talked about trades at the trade deadline this year um, was Calvin really getting traded to the Jaguars. So, Calvin really, man, he's a monster. He may be a weaker one, he's not going to be on like an AJ Brown. Or, you know, like a top 10 guy level. But don't get it twisted. Calvin really is a good number one. Um, he's not like a top 10 receiver in my opinion. I wouldn't even put him like top 12. But he's around their 15th best, you know, wide receiver in the game. So, you know, that obviously moves all the receivers down. So now you have Calvin really as your one. Christian Kirk is your two. Evan Ingram is your three. And then you obviously have Travis Etienne. So... That team is going to be really good next year if they can just uh, fix this pass defense. Next up, we're going to quickly go through this game. Um, this game was just such a blowout. Uh, not a lot of the media was really talking about this game because it was just an absolute just wreck fest. Um, the New York Giants versus Philadelphia Eagles. This game was over within you know five to ten minutes tops. It was over halfway through the first quarter. Um, obviously, the Eagles are advancing to the NFC Championship game since the first time since 2017. That was the year with Nick Foles. Um, they beat the Giants 38-7. to 38-7. to That's crazy. That's one of the bigger blowouts we've ever had in the last half decade in the playoffs. Um, Jalen Hurts was really efficient. He was 16 for 24 passing, two touchdowns. Great. He used his legs a little bit, but I knew, you know, the Eagles really wanted to. 
you know, kind of protect Jalen Hurts' shoulder um, because everybody knew that the Giants were losing this game. Obviously, you would have the occasional person who would think the Giants are going to win just, you know, for that upset alert. But 90% of the media was on the Eagles. And even I was on the Eagles. I thought the Eagles were going to win. Now, I didn't think they would win by 31 points or five possessions. But obviously, um, Daniel Jones just didn't do much. Um, Obviously, he got sacked five times. And this offense just really couldn't get going for the Giants. Um, As much as I'm a Giants fan, I really do think that this game really showed, you know, the Giants organization and fans that Daniel Jones is not the guy that you want to have in the playoffs with a worst, you know, team. I think if you put him on the Niners, he'd be really good. But I don't think he's one of these quarterbacks where you can have the worst team and you can still have a shot. I think you have to have so much, you know, around Daniel Jones that if your team's not perfect, then you're not going to win with Daniel Jones. And I don't even think that would do it. Um, So that's coming from a Giants fan. Um, I'm trying to be as objective as possible. We have arguably maybe the worst quarterback in our NFC East division, maybe third. It Honestly, I don't know what the hell Washington is doing with their quarterback situation. But Daniel Jones is not better than Dak Prescott, not better than Jalen Hurts, obviously. So you can't have arguably the worst quarterback in your division and expect to win, especially when you don't even have a top three or a top two roster in your division. Obviously, I'd give Dallas a better... Dallas has a very good um, roster, and then the Eagles have, behind San Francisco and maybe the Bengals, the best all-around roster. So that's just my opinion on that. So those are the Saturday games. So obviously, Giants are sent home, and the Jaguars are sent home, and the Chiefs and Eagles are going to the championship games. All right. Next up, we have these Sunday games. Now, these games were definitely a roller coaster of games. So we're going to start off with these Cincinnati Bengals and Buffalo Bills. I'm going to talk about more of these two teams going into the future rather than the game that they played yesterday afternoon. So let's start off with the Cincinnati Bengals. They beat the Buffalo Bills, routed them 27-10 to to advance the AFC Championship game where they will have a rematch against the Kansas City Chiefs in Arrowhead Stadium. Obviously, if you didn't see last year, the Bengals beat the Chiefs in overtime in the AFC Championship game to get to the Super Bowl. Um, But Joe Burrow had the game of his life yesterday. Great, great game. Um, Obviously, the whole talking point was this offensive line for the Bengals as they had three starters for this offensive line um, out for this game. And credit to them, they had a great game plan. A great game plan where they did some quick slant stuff, get the ball to the playmakers very fast, and just not make mistakes. And they kind of relied on Buffalo to make mistakes, and that's exactly what happened. Um, Buffalo just didn't come out with anything really that great on um, offense and scheming. So the Bengals just played a very efficient game. 
And they took out the deep ball pretty much. They didn't really throw it downfield very much. And they didn't need to. Joe Burrow was also very good on his legs. He was very effective. Joe Burrow was very effective on his legs. He had a couple first down runs that really helped him out and keep this Bengals offense, you know, chugging along. Um, But let's go to the Bills. Obviously, a lot of people are talking about Sean McDermott, what this means for him and his future. Um, I honestly think that the Bills should look to maybe get a different head coach. Um, I don't really see a world where Sean McDermott should keep his job after how far this Bills team has really gotten in the last couple of years. Obviously, you've had the Bengals. You know, Bengals have played what? They're in the midst of their second playoff run with Joe Burrow. They've already went to a Super Bowl. They just routed the Bills. And honestly, if you put the Chiefs and Bengals on a neutral field right now, and even in Arrowhead Stadium, you probably pick the Bengals. Probably pick the Bengals. Um, so, obviously, this Bills team, they're going to have to do a lot of soul-searching this offseason. Um, so, let's just more talk about um, their future. Because these are the two teams, the Bengals and the Bills, I think they're actually going to start to decline in the next two to three years. And let's start with the Bills. I think the Bills, you know, just kind of going all in. I think that's not really going to, you know, obviously you've seen teams that go all in and make a huge splash signing um, during, you know, the free agent period. And that was with Vaughn Miller signing up to $20 million per year on six years. That was just, it was a huge gamble. Huge gamble. And... I think the Bills, you know, they really are going to have a worse roster in the next year or two years just for the fact that they got to start paying their guys. They got to start paying their guys. Obviously, Josh Allen's making huge money. Stephon Diggs, that you ha- we're going to have to look at that situation in the future because a lot of reports came out yesterday, obviously on the sideline during the game. Stephon Diggs was yelling at Josh Allen saying, get me the ball, get me the ball, give me the ball. And for some reason, Gabe Davis was targeted way more than Stephon Diggs. So that's something to look out for. And obviously after the game, Stephon Diggs, he left the locker room so fast. He was out of there. Um, so that's something to look at. So you have Josh Allen making big money. Stephon Diggs making big money. Um, Tredavis White's making big money. And then obviously there's safeties. Um, I think it's Jordan Poyer. He is the one who's a free agent. But Micah Hyde's making good money. Um, Von Miller's making good money. So they have a lot of people on that Bills team that's making good money. And they're going to have to really start getting young. And they're going to have to get cheap. They have a lot of D linemen who are pretty cheap. And they're up for contracts. Um, So we're going to have to look at that. Um, But I think this Bills team, I think they kind of peaked last year and two years ago, and they kind of missed their window, unfortunately. Um, kind of reminds me of the Green Bay situation where they should have made an all-in trade maybe last year or two years ago um, before the Bengals really came up and just sucks to see. Um, obviously, Josh Allen's a great quarterback. He's going to be there forever, but I think the Bills kind of missed their window, unfortunately. Um, 
and then talk about the Bengals. I think the Bengals are in a worse spot in the next couple of years than the Bills are just for the fact of their defense has a lot of players who are they're good players, but they're not star key name attraction players. So I think all of them are going to want to get paid a little bit over the market just because of I was this person on this team and look at what we did on defense. So I think they're going to lose a couple key defensive players. And then obviously the offense, that's where I think they're going to take a lot of hits. Um, obviously they're paying some good money to some offensive linemen. Um, and then obviously the, the big ones, Joe Burrow, he's going to be up for a contract after this year. Jamar Chase in two years, T Higgins in a couple of years, Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon. So I think the Bengals are going to lose at least, you know, four to five pieces on this roster. And I think they're going to kind of, you know, just like the Bills have a downtick where they're not going to be this juggernaut. So I think in two years, the Bengals and Bills are going to take a light, slight step back. And that's where Kansas City and Jacksonville both made really great decisions of, you know, in Kansas City's age and eyes, they traded their star player for a little bit more of a future window. And the Jaguars, they're just kind of, they're going to peak at the right time for a team. So that's just kind of my talking point for the AFC. NFC, we're going to talk about this a little bit. Not a lot to talk about for the Niners. Um, Obviously, the San Francisco 49ers advanced to the NFC Championship game as they beat the Dallas Cowboys 19-12 on Sunday night football. So Dak Prescott, just like Josh Allen, he's the roller coaster effect, um, but... He had a horrible game. Obviously, with in Week 18, Dak Prescott had an absolute stinker where they lost to Washington. And then last week, they faced the Buccaneers. Dak Prescott had probably the best game of his life. And in this game, one touchdown, two picks, and almost a you know pick six to lose the game. So, obviously, Dak just, he didn't really play well. I see some people talking about do the Cowboys maybe draft a quarterback in the fourth round and a late round pick? Maybe not like sixth or seventh, but maybe a third, fourth, or fifth. Try to get a quarterback. Maybe you can hit on somebody. Dak Prescott was a fourth round pick. So do they do that again? Hope for, cross your fingers and hope for a better quarterback? Potentially, yes. Um, a lot of people over the last couple of years, the last you know three seasons have said, Dak Prescott's just Kirk Cousins with more intangibles, and he's in Dallas, so he has a bigger brand. And I've said that as well. I completely agree with that situation. I completely agree with it. Because on any given day, Dak Prescott can be a top 10 quarterback in the league. And on any other given day, he can be a bottom third quarterback in the league, having one touchdown and two picks like he did against the Niners. So... I think Dallas, they really need to take a look at their quarterback position and maybe retool the team a little bit. Maybe that's what you have to do. Tony Pollard, he got injured pretty early in the game. Halftime, he was out, and that's what you saw. Once Tony Pollard went out and Dak Prescott doesn't have a reliable running game, what are you going to do? Dak Prescott's not made for that. He's not that kind of quarterback. So... I think you really have to look 
you know, in the mirror, if you're Jerry Jones and you're the GM, if our team is not, you know, perfect, we don't have a Niners roster or a Bengals roster or an Eagles roster, Dak Prescott's not going to get us very far. And even when Dak Prescott was a rookie with that crazy roster that was, you know, one of the best offensive lines, if not the best offensive line in the league, great defense, great offensive skill positions, you know, players, Dak Prescott only won them one playoff game. So I think Dak Prescott's just one of those quarterbacks where if anything is not right and it's not perfect, he's not going to take you very far. So that's just kind of my, you know, takeaway from Dallas is they kind of have to look in the mirror. They have a middle-of-the-pack quarterback that they're playing. They're overpaying him. And you have Ezekiel Elliott, who's getting overpaid. Tony Pollard's going to – he's an unrestricted free agent. He's going to have to get paid or he's let go. Um, Dalton Schultz, the tight end, he's probably going to get paid by a team um, or he's going to get overpaid by Dallas a little bit. So you're going to see a lot of a lot of changes to some of these playoff teams in this upcoming offseason as they've kind of went for it. They've kind of went for it. So obviously let's switch to the Niners real quick. Not much to say about the Niners. Um, obviously, they're going to be facing the Eagles in the NFC Championship game. That's going to be a good one. So, arguably, the two deepest rosters in the NFL and obviously the NFC are facing off. So, I think it's going to be a really good game. Obviously, I like San Francisco's roster more, but the quarterback position kind of scares me because I'm taking Jalen Hurts 9 out of 10 days over Brock Purdy, and that's a little bit concerning because um, Brock Purdy... The Niners didn't ask him to do a lot. They just kind of said, get the ball into the playmakers' hands on offense and let them do it and let the defense carry us. And uh, I think that's not going to work next week against the Eagles. So, obviously, this was my long, you know, kind of podcast talk about the divisional round games. Obviously, later in the week, we will go over my, you know, NFC and AFC championship game thoughts and those predictions. So hope you guys had a great weekend and have a great week and uh, peace.